0: I'm Allie Gertz and I'm Julia Prescott and everything's everything's coming up Simpsons. Simpsons
1: This episode is brought to you by, ah, hell, The Great Outdoors. (laughs) That's what we're brought to you by. We're also brought to you by, sure, Bob's RV Roundup. If we were to peg a specific sponsor, I believe that that's what our sponsor would be. Yeehaw. You got any more, Ellie? No, no, that's (laughs) it. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, We are, of course, talking about the episode, The Call of the Simpsons. This is the seventh episode of The Simpsons' first season, y'all. Wow. When was the last time we covered a season one episode? Have we ever? I don't... Well, Simpsons roasting on a... We did. ...open fire. Yes. But I think that's it. A few and far between. So this is a very special app. It originally aired on February 18th, 1990. It was written by John Swartzwelder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Directed by Wesley Archer, or Wes Archer, um, as he'd like to be called. And the showrunners at the time were James L. Brooks, Matt Groening, and Sam Simon. Have you heard of them? Mm Mm-hmm. Listen, folks... We're just going to jump right into it, because as you've heard and now seen and seen and heard, it is a season one (laughs) episode, so uh, there's a lot of room for discussion in this. It's not as joke, (laughs) joke, joke heavy. Or our special guest may uh, beg to disagree, but uh, I just want to jump in, because we also, with that special guest, boy, do we have a good one.
2: Uh, It's me. It's Uh, you. I mean, Julia's talking a lot about jumping. because it's me, David Lee Roth. No! Go ahead and jump.
1: Jump. jump. <laughs> what a, what a,
2: Did he sing that? that?
1: That'd be the worst way to operate a podcast where we don't put the super A-list celebrity <laughs> guest name in our episode description, but we just reveal it. What does that it.
2: say about what letter I am?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Why don't you tell You're me what D letter David you David are? David Lee Roth. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I think that's... Okay,
1: so you've already heard his voice. I might as well introduce him. He is a supervising director of BoJack Horseman and Tuca and Birdie on Netflix, please welcome Mike Hollingsworth.
2: Thank you very kindly. I was the first animator ever hired by Netflix. Oh Whoa! my
1: God. Tell us I about it. I was number
2: it. one. Well, I think BoJack was like the third or fourth show, original show, and I directed the pilot. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I got in there real early. It was just um, us and like Longmire, some weird show and like. Some show about ladies in prison? <laughs> and what happened
1: to that show? Do we know? Do we have a 20 on that ladies in prison show?
2: It's yeah. worked out for them.
1: Do you feel like you opened the door for other animator people to come in and, you know, get their fingerprints all over Netflix's animation?
2: That's what I keep telling the Netflix execs whenever I <laughs> have a chance to be in their presence. Right, right.
1: Once a year when when you're far away at a Comic-Con cocktail yes. party.
2: We, yeah. BoJack has never done Comic-Con. What? Early on, I tried to get, because I was like, free trip to Comic-Con. But then it was early on and I had our EP reach out and Netflix came back and said, Netflix is a different type of... Of media <laughs> entity, we're not we we're not interested in uh, competing with all the noise of Comic Con. Mm-hmm. We are what's new. We are not the noise. We are mm. the silence. We are the <laughs> noise. Yeah, yeah. And so Bojack's never been to Comic Con, but
1: has Tuka and Birdie?
2: No, because it just started.
1: Oh, and
2: I don't know. There's no plans right now like Comic-Cons all locked down, right?
1: Yes it is. Yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you that at one of the first writing jobs I ever had, I remember turning to the story editor and going, "One of the greatest dreams I have for my entire life." <laughs> Is to be on a panel at Comic Con, <laughs> and I said it in full sincerity, and he was like, "Oh Jesus, aim higher." <laughs> have, have you done it? No, you're gonna I know do he, it. You moderated the disenchantment panel,
0: yes, and uh, and then I was on the Mad Magazine panel. right? Of course, but yes, uh, yes. there's no Mad Magazine at uh, Comic Con this year.
2: Oh, Really? They, they don't want to be a part anymore. of the noise?
0: They I I don't I think they could make noise and then it might just not be heard because there is a lot of <laughs> noise of louder more popular brands. <laughs> That's a real shame
1: though because it, I makes know, me it sad. is hard to yeah. compete
2: at Comic-Con. It's <clears throat> so crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean but I also I feel like with especially Mad they are part of I mean Comics. the comic in Comic-Con like <laughs> ugh. well just because I know that the
0: people who love Mad magazine would be mad if I didn't say this. And because we have to say it a lot as someone who, we being Mad Magazine, I don't work there anymore, but DC Comics owns Mad Magazine and we are a humor magazine, so it is kind of this confusing thing where it's just like, Mm. we're comics in that the magazine is comprised of comics, but it makes us really hard to market in this day and age and so you would think and i definitely think that comic con is the place for it to be yeah but the you know when you are a magazine <laughs> owned by dc comics owned by warner brothers who uh, is like, AT&T. Owned by uh, Enron. Then, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then owned by me on top of that. <laughs> I was going to say, I have a subscription. It's owned by me as well. Isn't
2: yeah. it an odd you say that they can't figure this out? But hasn't Mad Magazine been around for 50 years and they're still, they can't figure it out? It, well,
0: part of it is that no one who works on the current team has met uh, the person who created it, uh, Bill Gaines, because, like, you know— that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. for to, yeah. no, to no fault of anyone except for our age. <laughs> like, right, right,
1: right, right, uh, right,
0: But we're not talking about Mad.
1: Yeah. So you were the first person, as you said, the first animator at Netflix. And uh, yes. you are a fan of The Simpsons.
2: I do love The Simpsons. I have a Simpsons Comic-Con thing. What? Uh, it's, whenever I would go to Comic-Con, you always see Matt Groening walking around. And he wants you to see him walking around, which is great. He's Mm -hmm. fucking Matt Groening. Can I fucking swear on this? Yeah, you can fucking swear on it. Uh,
1: My freaking ears. (laughs) And
2: one of our directors on BoJack is mad at him to this day because he waited in line for a very long time to get a signature for something he was interested in. And they told him he was going to be the last in line. And he waited, you know, it was like he's waiting two hours to get this comic book signed or whatever. And just as he was about to be next, Matt Groening did what Matt Groening can do. He just slid right in and talked to the creator who was signing. And then time was up and the creator got whisked away. But of course that creator wanted to talk to Matt Groening because it's like Matt Groening. And Matt Groening walks around Comic-Con like a, a hot knife.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would, that's old say, I would say that's the creator's fault for yeah,
2: and the people running the line and everything.
0: I would say that's more their fault than anyone else. it's yeah. their fault, but I also would he, not fully fault them.
2: He <laughs> I don't he know. he holds a grudge against Matt Groening to this day.
0: I don't. I, all I'm saying is it's not Matt's fault. Yeah, right. I it's I agree with Matt you, Matt's and I've fault. said
2: that. I mean, he holds. I mean, it's They're, fun to hold a grudge against like a. Big monolithic thing that can't yeah. f- even react to your pain. Like Matt Groening is so huge.
1: Yeah, <laughs> those, but silly grudges could be fun too. Mm-hmm. And I understand if you want to hold on to like a career long silly grudge. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, who was the, oh yeah, I'm still mad at Cameron Diaz because she was knocking too much when I was in the restroom. And I had just got, she's from Long Beach. I'm from Long Beach. She's around. And so I was in the restroom. It's that thing where like you're patiently waiting to get into the restroom. And then no one is behind you, so no one witnesses how kind and gracious you're being not knocking more than the one time. Mm-hmm. It's hard to not knock multiple times, but yeah. you don't do it because you know that they haven't come out. Right. And yet I get in there, as soon as the door shuts, it's just instant knocking. And I'm just like, who's knocking? And it was Cameron Diaz. And so, you know.
2: So you're from the LBCD? I'm
0: the LBCD. Long Beach, D-D-D-D. Cameron Diaz. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's what it goes as, nice. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and Cameron Diaz went to school with, like, Snoop Dogg, mm-hmm. right? They're yeah. like buddies.
3: they best friends of all time. And I want to say
1: Nick Weiger of the Doughboys podcast. <laughs> Maybe not at the same time, but they do talk about that a little bit. Uh,
0: anyway, I'm excited to talk about this episode, but I am very curious as to your choice, because a little behind the scenes is that you picked uh, a different episode and then you landed on this I one. I did.
2: I mean, I picked, what was the name of the episode I picked? It was the one where Homer gets the hair, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Sonic, yeah. which is a terrific episode and st- stood out. But then I saw this episode sitting on the season one list and I remembered it because it is an episode that is so different from where The Simpsons landed. It is yeah. basically a long Looney Tunes yes. cartoon or or like some kind of lost Yogi Bear Flintstones cartoon. Yeah. Totally. Like the there. So The Simpsons, when you're creating one of these shows and it solidified through the seasons, like you create you create a reality and you kind of have to stick to it but this this th- this episode like is total looney tunes mm-hmm. like nonsense reality and it's it's amazing because of that and um so odd and weird
0: it feels a little <laughs> bit more like its predecessors which the simpsons so rarely does but right, it does right. feel like it yeah. is it is of the same like ilk of just like Cartoons, whereas that is so often, like, what made The Simpsons so special at the beginning is, like, it's not your Flintstones. It's its own right, thing. Right,
1: right, right. Yeah. yeah and,
2: but this one is, and it's not a bad thing. No, I it's love this It's so, like, weird. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like, all the gags set up and everything is totally like a Looney Tunes, and it kind of, like, has longer or, like, slower pacing, kind of. Mm-hmm. There's this great shot, which you guys will get to, where, like... Homer tells the family everything is gonna be okay and then it takes he takes a really long, slow pan and it's very flat. It's like flatter than anything you'd see on the Simpsons. It's almost like a comic strip layout. <laughs> yeah. And he like slowly walks away from the family and and sits down at the edge of the cliff and then Yells, we're doomed! And yeah, yeah, yeah. echoes yeah. back at them. It's <laughs> like he the said timing something like, and... I'm
1: murdering them or I murdered them. <laughs> like something that's like basically incriminating, but it echoes. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I think the Looney Tunes DNA is all over this. I think, especially given the environment that they're in. They're in the middle of the forest and yeah. it kind of feels a little like, um, you know, uh, Wile E. Coyote and
2: the Roadrunner. Did anybody ever point out on this podcast that that Claspy Kasupo? studio where they made this episode and the shorts and the first two seasons
1: mm-hmm.
2: was the uh Bob Clampett studio.
1: No. no.
3: It's
2: like where they made Beanie and Cecil and oh, stuff. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah, cool. that that building that's still there on
1: yeah, the door building, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's where like when Bob Clampett left the Looney Tunes, he he opened up shop there and started making Beanie and Cecil, I think, with Stan Freeberg.
1: Wow. Your yeah. your name and names, I do not know. <laughs> but I'm <laughs> nodding and smiling. No, that's
2: amazing. Stan Freeberg was the voice of Junior Bear, like in those three oh, bear cartoons and yeah. the Looney Tunes. My paw. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would get beat up so much by his father. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so is that... Because I know you're a big Looney Tunes guy, you're a big classic cartoons love, guy. You almost yeah. have started a podcast with my husband Mike, the two Mikes on a podcast about animation several times. Balls I in want to your say. court,
2: Mayfield, bring it. I
1: know. I'm sorry for was, calling you out. My I beloved be on it. Yeah, I love old cartoons so much. Uh, well, you should do it. Um, but it, is that something that, like, is that why you uh, like this earlier episode in particular? Yeah, because I thought of, it because it, of that it, connection. I
2: was drawn to it because it was so, because it's so. Other. It's like it is. And I I I don't know the exact answer to this, but I imagine that The Simpsons started up around the end of Hanna-Barbera. Like when Gendy was over at Hanna-Barbera making like Powerpuff Girls, like the pilot and everything like there would have been like the final Hanna-Barbera people, like the Mm. last people who maybe worked on the Jetsons or whatever. Maybe working in some sense. way on yeah. on um, The Simpsons. I don't know that for sure, but the timing, I think, is correct. Yeah. That that is like the end of Hanna-Barbera. And you guys know where the Hanna-Barbera studio is?
1: No, <gasps> oh, no, tell us. The
2: Hanna-Barbera Studios, where they made the Flintstones and Jetsons and everything, is that L.A. Fitness, like on where Ventura turns into... <laughs> Wow.
1: Just a big,
2: dumb L.A. fitness. Is that
1: next to Universal Studios?
2: Yes. It's right across the freeway from Universal Studios.
1: Right next to Vivid Entertainment? (laughs) I don't
2: know. What? (laughs) Who? Oh, I gotta go. Oh,
1: sorry. My (laughs) watch is ringing. (laughs) Um, So, what you know with starting a show from the ground up, when you watch early episodes of The Simpsons, do you either get like phantom pains of that process for you or do you see that process that they're like sort of going through do oh you see i mean the you watch this
2: this episode and the lip sync is pretty bad yeah and i i just remember that one shot when homer goes over there and yells i've murdered my family and it echoes back he has zero expression on his face mm-hmm. He just looks like the um the model sheet yeah like there's no pain to look on his face or anything and um yeah the the lip sync is there the lip sync is clicking all over the place it's a real wild ride but it's real fun I mean it looks super handmade mm-hmm. you know it looks like this is like teenage Matt Groening scribbling <laughs> this episode in his uh, peachy folder folio or whatever right
1: right
0: <laughs> yeah direct, directly following uh, the pan uh, when he returns, uh you see Marge's face and she's like still kind of, like her expression is still like kind of smiling mad, which is yes. not something that yeah. they kept. <laughs> I'll yes. just say that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I going back to like just the episode as a whole and how it's structured story wise, it is very simple. Like it I mean John Swartzwelder is like a master class in comedy writing, but with this story with this episode, I mean and it's also season one, so they're figuring out what they're going to be. There's really no sophistication of an A or a B story. It, it does feel like yeah. the older cartoons in that way where it's just like a goofy um, you know, game of dominoes that just you know gets into a yeah. bigger, bigger, bigger mess. And and I also feel like even though it also at the same time feels like the DNA from Looney Tunes, but the DNA of what The Simpsons would end up being, the Bigfoot stuff feels yeah. like it occupies the middle of the Venn diagram a it's little bit.
2: It's uh, another case of um, just like with Crusty Kr- and many other characters that, like, a thing appears that looks pretty much exactly like Homer and <laughs> nobody, yeah. uh, nobody sees that.
1: Well, it makes me think of the Springfield Files, the X-Files episode that yes. happens later with Mr. Burns mm-hmm. and seeming like an uh, alien from another world. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. We see a lot of skin in this episode. We do! Yeah, I mean, there's a really super cartoony, wouldn't happen this day scenario where they're almost like, you know, like how the Peanuts uh decorate the Christmas tree. Yeah. yeah. They just kinda of wave their hands over I love it. That. They kind of put on a moss and branch like little modesty skirt yeah. that Homer and uh, Bart do just by waving their hands over it. Yeah, yeah. modesty
1: <laughs> reef. Yeah. yeah. It,
2: it does not make a lot of sense. But <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: But um, it's funny. It is funny. And so, Julia, for those who haven't seen the episode in a while, would you be so kind as to read the Wikipedia synopsis?
1: <laughs> yes, actually. I was going to say, usually these are one sentence that are at the top of the Wikipedia page, but they did not have that at all. So I'm just going to read that's the how full, That's how forgettable this episode is. forgettable That's why it was taken off of my Simpsons World app. Um, but I'll just read. They have a small paragraph, so I'll just read that. In this episode, Homer decides to purchase an RV, and the Simpsons set off for a vacation in the wilderness. After accidentally driving it off the edge of a cliff, the family find themselves trapped in the woods. As Homer and Bart try to find a way back to civilization, Homer gets himself covered in mud and is, ugh, and is mistaken for Bigfoot by a naturalist. The news about the encounter spreads quickly, and Bigfoot, enc- uh, Bigfoot hunters converge on the woods to capture Homer. Meanwhile, Maggie finds herself separated from the family and is cared for by bears. Phew! I never read that much <laughs> in a go, and I felt the pressure, and I caved only slightly. This <laughs>
2: episode does have a great um, Maggie storyline. It really like the does. C story. I love it.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah. think it's great. Yeah, I just you, I you, love all the bear you,
2: designs too. You girls would know more than I would, but Maggie doesn't get serviceable storylines as much. Not much. She's like less no. than Marge. <laughs> yeah, and
0: also um, it, it's so funny in the season one when you see the different. Colorings uh, and in this one she's got a pink uh right, right. outfit instead of a
1: yeah. kind of blue I mean, one. Uh, everyone's a little bit off design because they're yes. still raw. Yeah. You know? Uh,
2: so... and also Maggie, there's one part where they're lost in the forest and they express they're like, it's getting cold. Marge's like, it's it's getting cold, Homer. And Maggie makes a noise that is like very like <laughs> that baby is going to die. <laughs> she's like, <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's like a
2: noise you. She's generally like almost mute.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah, She
2: makes this noise that is like a a baby in peril.
1: Yeah. Big <laughs> well, deal. The, off of that, there are really great sounds in this.
2: Yeah, it has a really. Uh, it sounds like. The sound effects were recorded in a cavern. It yeah. has a very kind of, it looks, it sounded like they were, the whole thing was foleyed like in a mm-hmm. high school gymnasium. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, so one thing that I thought was interesting too is that at the beginning of this episode, uh, so we said that we'd start talking about the chalkboard gag and the couch gag, which I will do, but just the the intro itself is even longer than I'm used to seeing right, at right. all. I was actually really surprised that in the old school introduction, and I don't think it was all season one episodes. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was just this and maybe another shorter story. Mm-hmm. You, you actually see like Bart like steals a bus sign. Uh, making yeah. everyone miss their bus, and then Lisa is riding with her bike, uh, riding on her bike with a stack of books before mm-hmm. Homer goes into the garage. Yeah. yeah, that was really surprising to me. I don't feel like they might I'm... have had
2: time to fill. I was <laughs> yeah to yeah. yeah.
3: Say. <laughs> um, this
2: one came in short.
3: <laughs> yeah, I wonder.
2: That's how it was. I wonder if uh, Mike Mayfield, your husband, has said oh, anything my about Mike uh, Big Mouth. But in the early seasons of BoJack, the episodes would come in short too. They would. And that's why we would pat him out with so many animal gags. Like if we what? could. Name some. <laughs> Prove it.
0: <laughs> While making BoJack a horse, that was one. Oh, okay. I'll take it. My favorite it.
2: one that I did from an early season is they were at a 50s-themed diner, and people were dressed up like Marilyn Monroe mm-hmm. or Ava Gardner or whatever, and there was a Marlin a blue marlin yes who was marlin brando and he was yes. a waiter mm-hmm. and he said he was delivering three beers and he said stella stella corona light <laughs> perfect i wrote that one very good <laughs> so wait how does that
1: work as far as that part of the production goes in that you when do you realize that you're short and like when do you realize that you have room to oh, animate and, uh, I more oh in things? the radio
2: play Mm. Yeah, we're building the radio play and you kind of see like how... Explain what that is. The radio play is literally like an old timey like episode of Little Orphan Annie you would hear (laughs) on the radio like full with complete sound effects because the editor builds a radio play and everybody wants to sell their thing and have their thing approved. Right. So you want to put the sound effects in to sell the jokes that are in the script and you want... So you want to build a whole radio play and it's tight too because like it, there might be something where like bojack stares off con- contemplatively over <laughs> a lake but when you deliver a radio play to netflix you're not going to put in like 30 second slug of silence
1: right
3: so
2: everything is very tight and then we open it back up when we're storyboarding and and stuff but it's so weird like on a, any kind of show i would imagine like in season 1 like they didn't really they were they were learning about the world they were cr- I o sometimes I've called Raphael God because he's, like, the creator of a world. Yeah. I, he was like, oh, I don't know. Should we do this? And I was like, I don't know. You're the God of this world. Yeah. What do you say? That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So initially the scripts would come in kind of short. But now they know the world. Now we're working on season six. And they know the world so ding-dang well that they turn in, like, 50-page scripts and the radio play. Like, the episode has to get down to, like, 25 minutes for shipment and then the but the radio play will come in at like 35 minutes mm-hmm. so then the, we have to figure out how to like then they cut it down to like 30 and then we board 30 and then they cut down from there to get it to its shipment length it's a it's a it's a difficult process cuz <laughs> yeah. then you know there's like story in there and like how do you slash away at these underpinnings of right the thing and then but a funny thing is on bojack Raphael is a big fan of alliteration and wordplay, and there's always something he puts in there where Princess Carolyn goes on some very long alliteration, you know? You know, the F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F. Yeah. Mm-hmm. F- mm-hmm. F- mm-hmm. And those are the always one of the first things that go because they're,
3: they're
2: not underpinning the story. <laughs> right. They're just like a fun thing, and, and he writes part. those. Yeah. Those are like his babies, and so you're really like kind of sacrificing your babies. You're like, oh, well, I really do love wordplay, but that's not really keeping the story moving forward, so I guess I gotta cut it. There's a whole uh, bin somewhere on a computer of uh, Amy Sedaris just
3: (laughs) doing long
2: alliterations that will never see the light of day. Did It'll you
1: ever be on a DVD or <laughs> <Yeah>. something? <laughs> Did you ever see I mean I'm sure in six seasons but a uh, deleted a scene get cut or a moment get cut that was particularly heartbreaking for you?
2: I I do. Yeah, you do learn as a writer you would learn. It was it was something that I only learned with age or working for a while, but ideas do not die. They only get put get put back in the typewriter or yeah. the drawer. You, you do see ver- things get cut, and and if it was a good idea, it's going to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was just this great gag that – Raphael liked this animal gag that I pitched uh, where a cat got um, – there's a cat businessman cat up in a tree. It's just a throwaway gag. And then there's a fire department raising a ladder, and he's like, I'm so sorry this keeps happening, guys.
3: <laughs> and he liked it, but
2: it got cut for time – but it it looks like it's coming back this season That's so awesome. and Yeah, that, and that got cut like in season 4 or 3 mm-hmm. or something but i never fo- forgot about it cuz i pitched it it made him laugh it only got cut like at the 11th hour yeah so i i always had it in my back pocket we ha- have at BoJack, we have a big wall with a bunch of post it notes up on it of Animal gags that people can use.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like uh, you and The Simpsons uh, are afforded that luxury of long running animated shows. Those kind of gags can resurface. Yeah. Whereas if you were like a season one or season two, you'd be like, well, that's the end of me. And then you jump (laughs) out the window. (laughs) It is also tough
2: because I, uh, you know, I'm the storyboarders know, the directors know that I'm like, guys. No more fucking giraffe jokes. We get it. Giraffes are tall. Like, can we beat this joke? Right, right, right. We've done this so many times, tall giraffes.
1: (laughs) I feel like everybody in any creative room has that arbitrary rule. I remember uh, being in a writer's room recently and uh, another writer was like, no birthday episodes. Uh, I was like, who hurt you? (laughs) Yeah, just funny. The, you know, like stances you take.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's all think about some funny stances we take during this break.
4: Hi, I'm Bev.
0: And I'm Teresa.
4: And we host When Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting.
0: Whether you are a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. And then that's how my day starts. Yeah. Come on. I'm I so got-
1: sick of it. <laughs> when is that going to be over? Like, I want it to stop.
0: (laughs) Teresa, you're hurting my
1: ears. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's
0: it. Yeah, no, that's... I just hate it. Yeah, I don't blame you. It sucks. It really sucks.
1: So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and
4: remind you that you are doing a great job. Find
0: us on MaximumFun.org, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. we're back. Hey, what a Uh, great break. What a very wonderful good break. I'm excited to jump into this episode because there really are a lot of great moments and a a favorite character of mine that is very forgettable unless you revisit season one, which a lot of purists don't. Uh, (laughs) But there is an Albert Brooks character hiding in this episode and it is so funny and brilliant! F-
1: f- f- first Albert Brooks appearance. Hell yeah! And it is it is uh, it is also
0: a character that uh, so ca- cowboy uh, Rob uh, or cowboy, cowboy Bob? Bob. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
1: I Bob, know him. Just like more formally,
2: sh- she's yes, more familiar force, with
3: absolutely, him. Absolutely, <laughs> I understand.
0: So I make it um, more formal.
1: That is like <laughs> the go-to used car salesman name. I feel so good. He looks exactly like Buster Scruggs. <laughs> <laughs> I love his big teeth. I feel and like his big we didn't, ears. His big ears. Uh, we didn't get another design like that for the yeah. rest of the Simpsons' thirty-one plus year run.
2: <laughs> and I had to look it up because Albert Brooks is actually doing a voice. Yeah, yeah. He sends. He tends to just kind of talk like Albert Brooks in other episodes. I think he
1: learned after this. Yeah. Maybe he strained his vocal cords or something because it starts he as his
2: vocal
3: cords.
1: I don't know. It starts as Albert Brooks, and then, or at least like the the deep tone of him and then it it goes into this other interesting choice that he made for the rest of it
0: yeah well i mean you know because jacques is also he's doing it's it's always albert brooks but then with a twist (laughs) it's just kind of like you know he's brunching it up
2: and this guy is kind of like uh kind of like popeye he's muttering under his breath a lot yeah which does not sound like scripted stuff like
0: that's what's so. That's the way that I. Aside from kind of like you hear it, and if you love Albert Brooks enough, you kind of you're just like it's Albert Brooks. If you but love Albert Brooks enough, you kind of you know. just believe. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing to me that's the dead giveaway that it's that it's Albert Brooks is just the cadence and the quickness and just right, right. it's so improvised. It's so clear that. Of course, Schwartzwalder is such a fantastic writer, and his sensibilities of course work really well, but it's like you put that guy in a booth, then you see what he does.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The cadence of someone's voice, no matter how talented of a voice actor they are, I feel like you can always sort of track it. It's like, um, you know, tracking a criminal's, like, way they walk, you know? <laughs> you can kind of spot them. You can't cover that up, no matter what disguise you wear. I don't know. What <laughs> am I on? <laughs> been watching a lot of true crime lately maybe (laughs) uh
0: but but the way that we even get to cowboy bob is uh we we start kind of seeing what is happening with um yard work and homer's watering plants and has given bart the harder task of mowing the lawn quick cue (laughs) did you guys have to mow the lawn when you were kids because i feel like that's not a thing that many people will ever do again (laughs) no we had hired
1: gardeners baby
2: i mow i mow the lawn to this day
1: do you? Well, way to yeah, go.
2: I, but I was a—I think I was a real brat. And when I was a teenager, I would—we had a lawnmower that was electric. Yeah. And I, when I was being a little bit too angsty on certain days, I would accidentally—can you hear the air quotes? <laughs> accidentally Ooh, ASMR air quotes. <laughs> uh, uh, run over the ele- the extension cord. Be like, Dad, uh, I ran over the extension cord. On accident,
3: <laughs>
2: you're gonna have to go to the store and get a new one. Yeah, but um, and so then he he got my goat and he got a a gas lawnmower, ooh, which then I turned the tables on him when I first got my driver's license and he made me pay for my own gas. I would always use the lawnmower gas.
3: Oh my god! <laughs> Be
2: like. Dad, you're out of lawnmower gas. I don't know how.
0: Uh, that's so yeah. funny. Also, made me pay for my own gas is such a funny thing to me. <laughs> you're spoiled. But, uh, yeah, yard work was definitely a part of my life. But lawnmower, I don't think that my hands were trusted to touch one. Mm,
2: uh, I think I, uh, I remembered I was spoiled. And uh, that's why I had the vanity pay- plate on my blue-dented Toyota Tercel. It <laughs> said, spoiled. No,
1: you didn't.
2: No, I didn't. <laughs> you are. Correct. What does she win?
1: Oh, got another half hour with you. <laughs> um,
0: but so, what happens here is that Bart sees uh, Rod or Dodd. It's hard to tell because the yeah. voice was very different. Who cares?
2: But basically, How about that answer—it uh, <laughs> was two cells on top of each other. Say, it was meant to be run in time.
1: The Simpsons people don't care either. Hey, that's nice. Hey,
0: uh, but he—he he has the nice schmancy fancy one, uh, and uh, you know Homer's actually just like hey, you know, don't be jealous. And then instantly we see uh, what happens in this here clip. <laughs>
1: How do you like my new wheels, Simpson? Oh well, man. What
4: an RV! Bart! Uh, I suppose it has uh, various features. Oh, it's got everything microwave, dishwasher, big screen TV, deep fryer, and. Uh, oh, see up there on the roof? <gasps> a satellite dish! Yes, indeedly doodly! But uh, how can you afford something like this, Ned? I get your mail once in a while, and you make only $27 a week more than I do. Oh, it's simple, Simpson. Credit! Ooh, credit.
1: Uh, I want to point out a a really fun note that our sound engineer, Jesus, wrote in our notes. Adjusted for inflation, $27 in 1990 has the same buying power as (laughs) $52.90 in 2019. Thank you so much,
2: Jesus.
1: (laughs) I feel like I'm surprised
0: that it's not more. Huh. Huh.
2: Yeah, but I, well, I, I was know listening Bitcoin. to mm. your episode with Lisa Hanawalt. huh. I'm a fan of both of those people. <laughs> Who you and the podcast, or I uh, mean, the podcast Lisa. and Lisa. <laughs> um, and uh, the, I did find that that was it was kind of. Cute cool that it was a pretty accurate number
1: yeah
3: it
2: it added a bit of realism
1: yeah I also like in this particular line in the episode that it alludes to um, like Homer shittiness with looking through his trash and how that detail is kind of buried (laughs) in this line it's really great and of course just the general premise of this this is season 1 so this is the very sitcom present uh premise of um the early 90s of like you know we c- got, can't keep up with the joneses or in this yeah. case the flanders is is
0: um, so, yeah, I, I sympathize very much for Marge now that I'm an adult, but I remember thinking, like, just let him have an RV when I was a kid. Uh, Marge is, of course, very concerned at the uh, the the kind of uh, hair-up-his-ass attitude of, like, I right. need to get an RV now.
2: <laughs> yeah. And you know what that hair-up-his-ass looks like? An RV? Those same two hairs on <laughs> oh, his yeah? forehead on his head? Or yeah. <laughs> well, I hope it's not that uh, M one that's on that the side hurt. over yeah. his ear. <laughs> Did you
1: guys have... Have a moment of like being kind of ignorant and slap happy with credit, like the first credit card you got, and then you kind of just went like free money, baby. God, no, but I did that with student loans, which is Ooh, way worse. Yeah, it is way worse.
2: <laughs> I was afraid
1: of credit cards for so long until I had to get one mm-hmm. to establish my credit.
2: And then you went wild.
1: And then I went wild. <laughs>
0: hey, what's everybody's credit score? Um,
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I got to go. Uh, so,
0: uh we will we'll soon find that Homer does not have the best credits. Uh but uh before that we we get the introduction to uh Cowboy Bob, who we've already discussed quite a bit, but he
1: really Albert Brooks, otherwise known as Papa Poppy. <laughs> Poppy. He really Poppy
0: Brooks. He really <laughs> does such a uh, a great job of being the salesman. Just mm-hmm. such a yes, charming not too sleazy, but sleazy yes. guy who's like just telling you. He opens with just kind of just like, but but before we tell you before I tell you the price, let me just tell you how much I like your face. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. And he's like, oh, you do. He's just like, you're like a god. You look right, Roman. Come here, Zeus. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. He's doing all of these. You said like, he's not
2: sleazy. <laughs> I know.
1: He's he's utilizing all of the like how to win friends and influence people, Dale Carnegie, you know, BS of like what they teach in, like, sales seminars over and over. But it's so effective. You can see how, you know, for a person like Homer, who never gets complimented, it takes him to the moon. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: Also, uh, we've talked about this before, but Albert Brooks is very dreamy. Okay, next
3: <laughs> clip. <laughs> Play that's
0: the-
1: for our next
2: <laughs> podcast. Uh, was, can uh, they get it? <laughs> more of a Super Dave girl. <laughs>
1: mm. Well, it's a generational thing, I think. <sighs> Thank you. Uh, so,
0: so basically, uh, they have found a an RV that looks better than their house. Yeah. it has uh, four fryers, uh, one for every part of the chicken. That's mm-hmm. um, so.
2: I thought about that a lot. I wanted to bring that up, but I said no, Mike. <laughs> this is too crazy what are these four parts of the chicken
0: you got uh, you got the right part you got the left part <laughs> you got the top is it
2: like a is it split up you like a bottom. globe yeah, yeah 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 is it like an hemisphere and a then you twist it all
1: around that's what it's all about does a chicken
2: have an equator
0: well <laughs> being too I'm vegan I'm glad you asked yes
1: um, I, I pulled down a little map and a little does pointer does <laughs> Toe have an equator I mean what what does Tofurkey have? It's barely food. Exactly. That's another conversation for Apostrophe another time. <laughs> well,
0: back to the RV. It has its own satellite. It sure does. And so... Uh... <laughs> He's trying to figure out how much it costs, and then uh, we, we get this excellent scene, uh, and it goes a little something like this.
4: I'm not going to quote your price till I check your credit rating. And let me – I want to make myself clear on this. This is a formality. If you're saying to me, Bob, is this guy good for it? I say yes. I don't check this machine, but I don't own the place, even though my name's up there. Long story, but that doesn't matter. I'm going to have to run it through the computer. Is is that a good siren? Am I approved? You ever known a siren to be good? (laughs) No, Mr. Simpson, it's not. It's a bad siren. That's the computer in case I went blind telling me sell the vehicle to this fellow and you're (laughs) out of business. That's what the siren says. Seems the ultimate behemoth is a wee bit out of your price range. And wee bit is me being polite. You couldn't afford this thing if you lived to be a million. Don't you have something that isn't out of my price range? I don't want to go away empty-handed, Bob. Take it easy there. Don't ruin this feeling I'm getting from you. Perhaps I can show you something. uh, A little more you. (laughs) I can
2: guarantee you that RV Bob is making up that Southern accent. (laughs) It's a way to see your folksy.
1: I will not (laughs) stand for your lies. (laughs) You're in our home, Mike. Uh, Yeah, it's. It's so great. I mean, we've talked before about how, you know, it's been known that Albert Brooks would come in, especially in these early seasons, and he would just improvise, and then they would work around him because he was just so quick. And you can hear it, like, in his delivery of those asides. Like, he is, at both times, upbeat and still salesman-y and, like, completely tearing Homer to shreds. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing. It definitely seems like they're both
0: in the room at the same time. Like, Dan Castellaneta is very much... Because, like, it's tiny little things. Things that it it just works better than what you could write on the page. I feel like sometimes where I think just, you can really tell. Yeah, just him going like oh, like in the middle of something <laughs> is very funny to me. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, well, I feel like both uh, Albert Brooks and Dan were were known to be people that were you know really good and quick and like the things that they would come up with riffing were the ones that would stay and would give it life.
2: It's funny. You pro- uh, something that. To your point is, um, this is like a first season. Like now on BoJack, if we want him to go, oh, like we have a whole catalog of him going like, oh, 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 wow. oh. so you oh. just plug it in? So we just plug it in from whatever oh. season, but they wouldn't have had that catalog no here on episode seven of The Simpsons. They... That sounds
1: like a premise for a sitcom.
2: <laughs> because there are a lot of moments in this episode that the vocal track is kind of thin.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: That
2: it would be filled more out if, a, an, an, you know, the editor had all those little uh, efforts, as right. we call them in the industry.
3: Mm. <laughs> what
0: industry? <laughs> um, Tell me more. So... Uh, once uh, Homer ends up buying this hunk of junk, uh, he he tries to show it off to Flanders, and Flanders couldn't be nicer about it. Just like, oh, she's a beaut. Yeah,
1: there's uh, like a plant growing <laughs> out of the grill. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs>
0: hey, congratulations! It's like he's so jealous. Uh, and um, something also about this episode is like. A lot of musics, uh, like music stings, a lot of things that we don't hear again. I don't think in the show. Like, yeah, yeah. There is some in my notes. I wrote crazy
1: music. It's uh, almost
2: more cartoony to like is. that right. earlier this Looney big Tunes swell of yeah.
1: triumphant music of you know like ready or not nature here we come yeah. and and like like it's a movie. Yeah.
2: In the background, so in that scene where he they drive away um, on their journey, there is a. Background of like a their rolling street that looks like it's straight out of Rugrats, like yeah. it is not yeah. from The Simpsons. <laughs> right, right, right.
1: Well, I I feel like uh, Rugrats was happening around the same time, and it was animated yeah. by Klasky. Yeah, it was
2: Kusubo. the same place. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it, it maybe was, they just
0: copied and pasted. They between. might have reused
2: it. Yeah, know, maybe.
0: <laughs> um, but I really do love uh, just how like cramped the back the back seat is. yes and, yeah. um, They just really nail like what it's like having to to travel with your family and even just having like Bart not want to go on a vacation is very mm-hmm. much like yeah. the Bart we we grow to love over time Bart we
1: know <laughs> the, the Bart we about. <laughs> the Bart
2: we know is not the Bart who is willingly mowing that lawn in no, the beginning. no 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 no. he would have Tom sawyer himself out of that
1: yeah I also <laughs> want to point out I mean we'll get into it more later I imagine but um, the Bart in this episode is very much like Bart Mania Bart or I guess it's right before we really get Bart Mania Bart but there's just a lot of like, yeah, man, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that I feel like there's like four yeah, man's like in one interaction with Homer later. Have a
2: camp, dude.
1: <laughs> uh, but so basically,
0: the family is on uh, route in route to their vacation. Uh, it's going horribly, as is evidenced by like they're driving through a river.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, I wrote down how did Homer get a driver's license? Yeah. He yeah. is like out of. Like, what is Marge thinking, putting her family in this car with this man?
1: <laughs> and He's uh, terrible. And we'll see why she'd be thinking
0: that. Yeah. And, you know, Lisa going like, Mom, I'm scared. And him, Marge is going like, We all are, dear. But your father <laughs> says that he's OK. And it's just like this is so sad. Yeah. And um, so Homer asks, Should we stop here? Everyone yells yes, because uh, they're just so prepared. And then we suddenly see that Homer drives them off of a cliff uh, nearly killing them.
1: Right, but there's a really great moment, I want to say, right before that where he goes, should I stop here? Yes, and it it stops and then we wide to show that the RV is now teetering off a cliff. Mm -hmm. So it's about to be and then Homer's voice gets really quiet. It's like all right, if everybody <laughs> moves at the same time. And then, you know, he's talking to them, but then you hear all the doors opening and closing, and then it's just Homer in it's there.
2: super duper comedy by the numbers. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Literal numbers. And then he leaps out, <laughs> and then the RV, and then that's a really great wide shot of the RV falling yeah. to its death.
2: And I thought, I was thinking of you guys, because you are like the experts on this. This, this, episode when you tune, tune in is ostensibly a, going to be about the simpsons in their rv yeah mm-hmm. and that rv <laughs> has less than three minutes yep. screen time yep,
3: yep, yep. that is
2: but that is like a simpsons thing like they don't do that on seinfeld or other sitcoms where they right really you go like this story is going maybe it's a john Swartzweller thing he started it but could be. this episode is about an rv and then all of a sudden like halfway through Act 1 that RB, RV is gone and yeah. it, they never utter the word RV ever again.
1: <laughs> the thing we've talked about on here and the thing that I've always understood about the general Simpson story structure is you want to bend it so hard so, but before it doesn't break. Yeah. So it's like you start in one place and then you just make the sharpest right turn you could and then it becomes what the Sometimes episode is I, really about.
2: Uh, right turn is right off a cliff.
1: <laughs>
0: Sometimes it is.
1: I opened that door for you.
0: <laughs> uh, let Let's all open some doors during our next break.
1: I'm Joe Firestone. And I'm
4: Manolo Moreno. And we're
1: the hosts of Dr. Game Show, which is a podcast where we play games submitted by listeners regardless of quality or content with in-studio guests and callers from all over the world.
4: And you can win a custom a magnet. custom magnet. Subscribe now to make sure you get our next episode. What's
1: an example of a game, Manolo?
4: Pokemon or medication.
1: How do you play that?
4: You have to guess if something's a Pokemon name okay. or a Medi- medication. Medication. First time listener, if you want to listen to episode highlights and also know how to participate follow dr game show on facebook instagram and twitter we'd love to hear from you it's really fun for
1: the whole family we'll be every other wednesday starting march 13th and we're coming to max fun snorlax pokemon yes nice hey we're back what doors did you open
0: well you were opening the doors for me and i was opening some doors for mike and uh then we left the building.
1: Oh, so it was literally; it wasn't
2: figuratively. Oh
0: no, no, that would have why? been
2: nice. I want to use this reset to tell you guys uh, a crazy story. Yes. When I was watching this episode on the Simpsons <laughs> World app, it's it defaults to sixteen by nine,
0: and it's fucked up. It's oh, fucked up. Four by three, sucks. or get out of my when face. When I watch
2: it on the Roku, it only there's no. It only is sixteen by nine. That's I it. I know, and it cuts off so much. But I was watching it on the computer, and I was amazed that there was an option that you could watch it in four x three how, SD, how many the original way it was cre- created, because that's what the sh- size of TVs at right. that time.
1: How many screens did you watch this episode on?
2: I watched it several times. Well, I've been watching <laughs> The Simpsons lately. This is just coincidentally mm-hmm. as I've been going to bed recently, because um, it's a great show. Yeah, it's very familiar ah. and comfortable.
3: <laughs>
2: wow. Four but no, but what I I sat through the commercials and stuff. This is like the biggest proof that the Fox forget about Fox News, Trump, uh everything. This is the biggest thing that will tell you that the Fox News corporation and Rupert Murdoch is an evil person. Because I of- switched from sixteen by nine to four by three even though I was already watching for a while. And it made me reset and watch the commercial break again. It
0: makes you watch the same commercials yeah. again. It is so fucked up. Ugh.
2: It made me watch the commercials again. It's like, no, I already <laughs> earned this segment. I earned this act. I, don't, I watched this right. commercials. I did this break. I don't think, but a I just lot reset it to a new yeah. aspect ratio, and they made me watch the commercials again. But and also,
0: why would you even want it to be in that aspect ratio? You're you're missing the jokes, and it's stretching things out. Yeah. And eventually, when you get to the later seasons, it's not like you could watch it in four three just make it how it was made and leave it leave us
1: alone yeah i agree with you guys entirely (laughs) i just feel like nobody at um you know the big old simpsons world corporation building is thinking that people are watching season one (laughs) therefore they're not devoting it's not but
0: it it is season one through at least i think like seven Yeah. yeah like it's May, way later,
1: yeah, I'll I'll well, do what with, I can. Well, with the Disney-Fox merger, there's just no hope <sighs> that this is going to get remedied. <laughs> also, I think
2: maybe they might actually care more. They seem to be more precious with stuff oh, over at Disney.
1: Yes, but what I'm saying is that uh, it came out recently that um, FX is going to lose the Simpsons World uh, capability or whatever their way of incorporating that into their app, um, in some point in 2020 yeah. when all the ink is dried. Move
2: it to Disney Plus.
1: Move it to Disney Plus is the rumor, but I don't think it's been confirmed. Yeah. So, sorry Ugh, guys. Fucking mergers ruin lives. Listen, I I know. <laughs> but I, no one is talking about the fact that I had to watch this episode on YouTube <laughs> in seven <laughs> different parts. But how <laughs> many commercials? Uh, a lot of commercials. <gasps> Allie, uh, because you, they make you watch one every time. And for some God damn reason. It was all for Bye Bye Baby. That department <laughs> store where you buy baby stuff. Uh oh. I don't know that's something what about have I been googling. A,
2: I that's don't... a YouTube pregnancy test.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think they're just looking at my age going, clock's a ticket. Bye bye tic-tick. baby it
0: sounds like birth control. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> you're not wrong Yeah, it's called Bye Bye Baby. It's
1: called Bye Bye oh, Baby. B-U-I? And what was really bizarre b Y E. No, by by B U I. You're right, you're right. It's saying B I E Bye. B I baby. Have you really bye. not heard of <laughs> Bye Bye Baby book? No. Bye you, bye, baby. Have you not? <laughs> Bought any baby things. For, you had a baby. I
2: get all my baby stuff off the side of the road. Oh,
1: of course. Like your mattresses. I understand. <laughs> no, well, uh, one more thing about the Bye Bye Baby commercial, and then we can move on. What was uh, most offensive about it was that it starred two...
2: The babies were all smoking. Was babies were all smoking.
1: That <laughs> I was fine And none, of them, fine like with. none <laughs> of them looked like Julia. None of them look like me. As we all know, I used to be a baby actor. Um, that's how I got my SAG card. Um, that's a real fact. Mike, that's oh, no, not I've one of your riffraff stuff. Oh, uh, you? Yeah, you
2: were in baby commercials, but you were 29 at the time.
1: Mm. You... That's the part I leave out.
2: You were squ- squeezed into. I saw you in a Bye Bye Baby commercial. You I'm were squeezed into a, a, a stroller. Can no. you
0: put the baby uh, footage in your just
1: contemporary reel? <laughs> that's I'll really have to funny. Ask my mom. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I was in Gerber commercials. What? Um, you were a Gerber baby? I was a Gerber baby. Gerber? That's. I'm telling you, that's how I got my sack card. And then I never worked again. That is another true fact. It's another true fact. That's Until amazing. I became an adult and uh, had comedian friends who uh, would cast me as a version of myself. Anyway, Bye Bye Baby <laughs> stars two women who are like supermodel pretty and supermodel thin, yes, and they're yes. walking <laughs> they're walking <laughs> around this baby department store. Um, neither of them are pregnant. Mm. Neither of them are pregnant. Come on, you can't even put... A belly on them? I mean, it seems no. like a place
2: if they wanted to get pregnant, they can meet guys. Doesn't that seem like a good That's, place to that meet? That is good. It reminds me
1: of in college. Daddies. <laughs> in college, when I was really deep in being single, like a year plus in, was like, mm, maybe I should just hang out at the law school. Um, <laughs> figure it out. Catch a man. Um, sincerely thought that. No, in the commercial, none, neither of them are pregnant. But then at one point, like, they have a fake baby doll. And then, like, the little carrier, because they're, like, testing out the carrier, and they turn to the Bye Bye Baby employee and go, do you have another baby, like a baby doll? And then that's where the commercial ends, Allie. I had to watch that seven times. Oh, no. Anyway, back to The Simpsons. And
0: speaking of babies, uh...
1: (laughs) (laughs) you got so excited for that one.
0: Uh, So right after we get that moment we've discussed of murdered us all. Uh, echoing uh, we we see that Bart and Homer are going to try and find some food he's just built a really horrible shelter leaving uh, Marge and Lisa by themselves and Maggie the Mm -hmm. baby follows after them and uh, Lisa tries to give the advice of uh, like remember dad like the uh, the handle of the Big Dipper points to the North Star and he says something
1: just kind of like you know so uh, we're not we're, in astrology. Yeah, we're in the we're we're astronomy not in or whatever astronomy
2: class. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. It's yeah. very good.
1: It's such a, like a high school, like senior, like bro way of regarding your daughter. <laughs> there's a
0: sadness to the trust that Marge has in this episode throughout that oh, she yeah. gives Lisa. Sadness. There's danger. There's danger. There's sadness. There's there's uh, she's delusioned. There's just a level of like they end up being able I guess, to offend like, for themselves. If you think of it
2: like Homer is so crazy in this direction and mm-hmm. she's equally crazy in the other direction
1: <laughs> It's it, it to just like allow the delusions and what is it like what they say about finding your soulmate you just find the person who has the same kind of crazy as you yes. you know that's how you're matched or complimentary bye bye crazy baby. bye bye baby but, uh, she I'll says, see you in my dreams
0: <laughs> <laughs> she says throughout uh, just kind of like after building a fire just like you know but imagine what they're doing like your dad is a like a qualified woodsman
1: I was like, Where did she get that idea? universe? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did he take shop class yeah. and that's all? But I will say sweet, that- though. um Yes. It it does work that, story-wise, that she thinks that they are taking care of Maggie. Maggie's following them into yes. the forest. Of course, the men don't realize that Maggie is with them. They but... think
2: that she's a rattlesnake and mm-hmm. then when they hear her binky.
1: And they completely abandon her, which yes. is-
2: uh, Without knowledge.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. At, at least there's- what I would say is that since Marge and Lisa are like the only people that, with any sense in this group, but the fact that they think that Maggie's with them allows Maggie's story to happen so that it's not a question of like, why are the parents yeah. not looking, you know, it's this perfect window of sense of like, they think Maggie's with the, the yeah. Bart yeah, and Homer yeah, yeah. And blah, 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 blah. But then we get like the really, really fun but bear why stuff. Why would you
2: even leave Maggie with Homer if you were in the comfort of your home?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is a
2: question for another day, Mike. Uh, yeah.
0: One of the funnier things to me is that after we've kind of seen a little bit of back and forth of um, of just like what Homer and Bart are doing in, in an attempt to survive in the wilderness, uh, we check back in and, you know, Lisa's kind of sweeping with this like stick and then, but... Marge is also tidying, and she just picks up three squirrels and then like moves them on a log. And, like, I love it. She just she's so OCD or OCP that she like had to like move all of them at once, and right. it made me laugh out loud.
3: Yeah,
2: she yeah they. I think it's a little nod to kind of like that Cinderella thing that mm. they have all these little woodland creatures kind yeah. of yeah coming and hanging or out with Snow them. White.
0: I, guess. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah the. Uh, all the sea story with Maggie and the bear, I really just want to see that as a short film just because it's so good. Would it be called Two. Four
2: Bears and a Baby?
0: Well yeah. <laughs> Put it out. Um, <laughs> get it out. But Julia, you had mentioned just like the designs of the bears that has stayed consistent throughout the Simpsons. Season Mm -hmm. one bear looks identical to
1: season and I thirty two bear. I don't offend Matt Groening and or Jim Larson, but it feels very far side. Yeah, in the way that those bears are drawn. I hear you. There's some shared DNA happening. Jim Larson,
2: Gary Larson's son.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Gary Larson. That's what I meant. I um... I almost sounded so smart, didn't I? I
2: uh... and those bears are also in. In the, have you guys ever done a, a podcast episode about that awesome four-player Simpsons arcade game?
0: Not. We talked to Adam Conover just about like the video games and, and... in general.
2: yes. Yeah. Yeah. those bears are in there. Yes, yeah, they oh, are. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's the one with um, the first one that came out with Marge using the vacuum cleaner as yes. her weapon. So yeah, yeah, sexist. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I was going to say something about the bears, but. Oh, I'd like that they are gathering items for Maggie and taking care yes. of her in like a very jungle book like way. It did
0: feel a lot like Mowgli and Maggie, yeah. those sound similar. Um, <laughs> Hello. Uh, also this is uh, I guess this is the first time that we ever get to hear uh Bart uh Bart's Hat referred to us as lucky red hats. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I of course remembered that. Just like a box, my boys my a box. Boy a box. <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically, what happened there is they fall off this cliff and end up in the water, thus leading them to be naked. And the um, water
2: eats their clothes. The
0: water eats their clothes. <laughs> sure. I, maybe they were I'll wearing tissue paper. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they just clothes? sweat through it. I don't they know. <laughs> I don't know how science works. Uh, but we do get a don't have a cow man or don't don't have a cow dad here. We you know. Uh, it's it's a very sweet episode in terms of, like, we're getting to see who they are. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you get to do, you do see some sweet time between Homer and right. Bart. And, yeah. And, and Lisa. And,
0: we get, uh, we get the first ever catapult joke. Yes. That's
2: a good joke.
0: One of y'all should describe it.
2: Oh, uh, Homer says he's going to catch some food. He said, don't worry, boy, I'll, ca- I'll get some food for us. And he builds a snare to Marge's point. Like, he builds a, He's a woodsman. Re- he builds a woodsman esque snare for out of a little sapling to catch uh, a rabbit who comes right over to it, and the rabbit gets into the snare and then gets uh, flung <laughs> all the way across the forest. I love it. And it's a nice <clears> kind of they they let it they let it sit. It's yeah. good timing. Yeah.
1: It right. also right. I think it is the first one,
0: and it has a really great moment of uh, Bart in between that of like when he puts the little sapling. Um, like, what what were, we, what were we referring to it as? The sapling? No, oh, the, a the, the snare? Shady, snare. Oh, snare. So the snare, uh, <laughs> he just is just like, what, are we going to hang ourselves? Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's <laughs> kind, kind of, a, of a dark line. Kind of yeah. a dark joke.
3: And then he,
2: Homer it. goes into the, he says, I'll just go into the bushes and get some food. And it is very, very, very funny. He comes out of the bushes just <laughs> covered in all sorts of, like really roughly drawn forest animals yes.
1: yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, he
2: just rolls around it looks like a lot of work to animate but yeah. um it's very funny the it's physicality very good
0: and and uh i feel like that would be a good comic-con costume it'd be a very deep cut uh <laughs> yeah. one of one of the characters in this episode that i like so much too is it's just this random couple yeah um, i was gonna say yeah it's so so oh. funny
2: they're so, he's so mean so to her. Sarcastic yeah. So sarcastic and so passive aggressive. Hello
0: bears. <laughs> yeah. Have a donut. Oh heck, have me. And they me. have a
2: ba- the baby there. like The baby's having to grow up listening to this squabbling. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
1: it does. Uh, Do you it...
2: think this camping trip was meant to save their marriage?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, suggested by their marriage counselor. Yeah, yeah. It's very Kurt and Luann as yes. we see later with their divorce oh, yeah. in the show. The voices
2: are similar too, I think. Could be
1: the same people. Yeah, yeah. We shall never know.
2: <laughs> we'll never know it
0: uh, uh, Yeah, my notes say the bears keep giving Maggie gifts they love her and I love them <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just want you to read your dear notes diary. <laughs> dear diary dear um,
0: diary I did really like the contrast of kind of how Lisa and, and Marge are faring in comparison to Homer and Bart who are like teeth are chattering yeah. and then we also see that like Maggie is like also taking the, the bear's arm to be super cuddled um, it's really just these dang boys these um, dang boys <laughs> (laughs) And we get little moments of just, like... They're helpless. They're so helpless. But, like, while the boys are walking through the woods, just the classic, like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Right.
2: Yeah. Um, I wonder where that joke started from. I always remember it in the Smurfs. Are we there yet, Papa Smurf? We'll (laughs) be there soon. Are we there yet, Papa Smurf? Almost. Are we there yet, Papa Smurf? Yes! We're almost there! (laughs) Papa Smurf would snap at them. I think it's just,
0: like, before... Before all writers were basing writing off of other TV shows, it was just like their own lives.
1: And every kid does that. (laughs) Every kid on planet Earth (laughs) does that. I remember one time I was uh, walking the streets of San Francisco. Picture it with me. Um, And it was actually right after I got my tattoo that's on my arm. And I was walking with uh, my sister and a pack of other friends, and we passed this father and, uh, I'm guessing like seven year old son. And all we heard in their conversation was, um, well, it's gonna take 10 minutes. And the kid just goes, 10. <laughs> like super loud and it was just one of those great treats you get walking around town where everybody in your group just bursts in laughter <laughs> cause it was just so so relatable so funny to this day I can't say 10 minutes while I'm going 10 minutes that sounds a lot like the read that
0: Casey Kasem g- gives when he finds out that his show is going to be moved to 2 as he's saying it <laughs> on the air he's just like you can join me this and every week at 2 <laughs> <laughs>
2: Are you a? Do you have a deep knowledge of Casey Kasem outtakes? I
0: love them very much.
2: I just fell instantly in love with you right now. God damn, death, Julia, dedication. call my wife. Oh no! Tell her it's over. Okay, I'll move in with her and Avery. I, I, my son Avery, who's three, is into time right now, and he he says, "Tell me." He says, "Tell me how time works again."
1: You're like, "Well, and it's I'm a like, flat okay. surface." And
2: I, <laughs> I'm like, there's 60 seconds in a minute. There's 60 minutes in a in an hour. There's 12 hour or 24 hours of a day. He makes me go all the way up to like (laughs) a millennium. So (laughs) cute. (laughs) I love him.
0: and I love those bears. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she is good. Thank She's you. Really cool. You guys are professional broadcasters. We really are. Just Thank you. Just like your hero, Casey Kasem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we get a lot of moments of them in the woods, uh, You know, just kind of fucking up, uh, for lack of a better phrase. And, uh, you know, Homer stupidly thinks it's okay to steal honey from a bee's nest, uh, for example. (laughs) Uh, But that is important because it leads him to needing water. Mm -hmm. There's a guy who's just a naturist, is what they're calling it? Yeah, a naturalist. Naturalist? Yes. Which makes him sound... Noody.
2: that honey thing is straight out of a yogi bear cartoon oh yeah yeah and
0: i think winnie the pooh oh. <laughs> like right oh uh
2: i think winnie pooh loves some honey winnie pooh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah don't yeah. we
1: call it winnie pooh that's so <sighs> much better it is it saves so much time. better yeah <laughs> and who is the Pooh? i mean this is like 90s hack comedian material <laughs> I love it. That's I the honestly, airplane food of animation <laughs> stand I've been doing
2: if I'll, if we can have a caller call in right now. I've been doing a lot of research recently. You're way into Disney, yeah. Julia. Like, what is this word? Why is he called poo? Like, when did Pooh? Like,
1: that when is did a quest- poo be uh,
2: was when was it a word for caca? <laughs> like, what were oh, they thinking is with that so name? Unsettling. Winnie the
1: Pooh. <laughs> I don't know. That is like something when was that it, it not pre- pre- a word
2: for scat?
1: Yeah, it I mean, predates the any Disney anything from it. Yeah, it's like way, yeah, in, it's the back, the way in the back, way yeah, a- in a- the a- back. Yeah, and Milne people books. would say like, "Oh, poo," and I hate that <laughs> <laughs> it makes think. Of maybe, Caca. <laughs> maybe "poo" used to be a term for. Um, like- uh, like you're saying a it, spacey, like, oh, a, a spacey animal, stuffed animal. Uh, so then Bigfoot happens. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, basically, uh, to, to Mike's point, Homer is able to be Homer, but look like Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> no one except for Marge is able to figure this out. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's funny, too, because we have a news uh, anchor who is not Kent Brockman. I but noted the that as
2: voice. Yeah. voice
1: for sure. Early so it's season not the, one, baby. It's not the
2: introduction of Kent Brockman, but the introduction of the voice of Kent it's Kent the introduction
1: Brock of a newscast <laughs> happening and interrupting The Simpsons. And we do get, you know, again, like little tiny remnants of what we will later see um, in, the, in the, the show's run. But like that spinning headline so thing funny. they yes. would do a lot. And and I guess just, you know, like the flip into the newscast commenting on whatever's happening with The Simpsons story is something that they, of course, would later explore uh, to great
0: effect. Yeah. And it's always funny. They
1: do this type of joke
0: all the time in The Simpsons. And I love it so much. Of just kind of like they'll say, in this case, it's like, and five thousand dollars anyone who brings in the cr- uh, the creature alive. Uh, and now we cut back to the president's address, which was already in progress. Yeah, like it's yeah, always yeah. something just so like much some more important. Shitty thing that they are,
1: <laughs> you know, cutting into. Yeah, and then uh, after that, you know, things are truly off to the races with. Two minutes left of the episode to go, um, <laughs> where a ton of news teams and reporters are there trying to get a peek of Bigfoot, which of course we know is not the real Bigfoot. <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't
0: say, which of course you know isn't real, because
3: that would <laughs> I be, would be never... very
2: hard. Me. <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> I would uh... <laughs> never. My mom lives up in Humboldt County, and she's oh. all, every time I talk to her on the phone, she's like. Mike, uh, they they're talking about Bigfoot down at the Scratch and Freeze or whatever the hell their <laughs> grocery stores are named.
0: <laughs> Man, but everyone's everyone's so high in Humboldt. I feel like it's the perfect right. place for Bigfoot to like get away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. is yeah, yeah. it's kind of smart. Mm-hmm. Make that movie, more like Big Brain. Anyway, whoa, uh, I love the headline <laughs> titles uh, or the captions or whatever. Um, I'm not sure if you also wrote them down, but
1: I didn't write them down, but I do. Um... I wrote down a bit of, like, when Marge realizes that it is Homer and yes. she says, like, that's my husband. And then
0: spin, I yes. married Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Bigfoot wife pleads,
1: call him Homer. <laughs> pork yeah. chops are his favorite. And then it's spinning headline of Bigfoot diet. Chork pop, chork. Jesus. Pork chops aplenty. Pork chops a plenty,
4: plenty
0: is very much my thing. Mm-hmm. Um it's so good. It went on
1: too long, but yeah. it was very funny. <laughs> this is also very. <laughs> but she
2: says it wrapped up in two minutes. It, it,
1: I mean, time as I mentioned, because you just surface. wanted more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> it... uh, this is actually also a perfect story moment in wrapping up Maggie's storyline because the bears come and then they are shoot away, but then Maggie, of course, gets sort of transported over from hanging out with the bears. Um, and I like uh, around here. I think Homer says nice grizzlies. Yeah, um, I like him saying grizzlies. It's very pleasing to the ear. Yeah, well
0: he he and um, Homer and Bart like walk into the cave area, I guess, and yeah. uh, right, and yeah, they they're very afraid and that's why they're just like nice grizzlies. And then I also thought it was kind of funny the repeat use of grizzly where it's just bart says like later grizzly dudes and was like you're lame <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but the bears all miss maggie and that's so sad but yeah. they know that maggie has to go back to her real family do we ever
2: see those bears again
0: um i, I guess don't... in the arcade game when we beat them to death <laughs>
2: i don't know if we see those
0: specific bears again i'm
1: sure they pop up in some sort of easter egg that the internet's going to tell us about i would love to see them again as Ali mentioned, Yes. Binky bear. But, uh, you know, Homer
0: uh, is not off the hook quite yet because uh, people see him <laughs> and there are some tranquilizer darts. Ooh. And uh, Homer, not knowing, like that. Uh, t- tells Bart to avenge his death and then immediately <laughs> starts snoring. Uh, and uh, and now we have a, a clip of, uh, of what the aftermath of this situation looks like.
4: Specialists from around the world gathered at the Springfield Primate Institute for a first-hand examination of the controversy creature they are now ready to announce their findings okay. uh, ladies
1: and gentlemen uh, distinguished colleagues <clears throat> after extensive biological and anatomical testing I regret to announce that the evidence we have is
3: inconclusive. This thing may or may not be human. That's what he
1: thinks. I say it's none other than Bigfoot in the flesh. Oh, no,
0: I disagree. I think it is a man. The eyes are the glimmer of human intelligence. Really,
4: a glimmer in the eyes. What about the sloping ape-like forehead? Oh, the guys at work are going to have a field day with this. Cheer up, Homer. At least they let you go.
1: Gentlemen, gentlemen, Fraulein, please. Uh, This much, I believe we can agree upon. This specimen is either a below-average human being
4: or a brilliant beast. Stupid dickhead.
3: Oh, Homer, my brilliant beast...
2: No, she just gave him the sexiest look. If, if when you watch it, she Orny she's March. drawn Morning like March. in a very kind of like she looks like a like a serpent in the Garden of Eden, because <laughs> her hair and the the S curve on this but thing. No, now you, you know, know why what starts she with X or S what sex
1: mm. you missed that <laughs> you need to go <laughs> <laughs> um
0: but yeah i uh it's always nice to get a visit from horny marge yeah. uh she she always completes our episodes um this episode is really funny she always
2: completes our episodes yeah
0: <laughs> in life yeah well because yeah. if she's not in the episode itself we tend to to bring her into the conversation yeah and, yeah,
3: yeah, and she
2: yeah. um she does say you're my brilliant beast and she looks at him like you know he's an animal yeah and <laughs> she she goes for it which huh? must mean that she's into brilliant bestiality beastiality, you
1: know? oh, why did you have to we're trying, this is a classy podcast Mike all right children listen to this your children we're teaching them about time right now. <laughs> uh,
0: this ending does feel very like Matt Groening y to me. It mm. just kind of like, is Homer a, an animal or a human? Like, it right. just feels very like the commentary of like the old Matt Groening stuff, which I like. Mm-hmm. I think it wouldn't. The Buddy
1: Ears era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: you don't get to see that much as the show progresses. So it's kind of a nice, uh, humble thing that is in this episode that I think is really great. Yeah. Does
2: your uh, audience remember that? Uh, Matt Granning at some point wanted Marge to take off her hair and to reveal bunny ears.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I was. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, When did he want that to happen?
1: I. Season end 25. Christmas the... Day.
2: But during the real <laughs> he run it and to not... to be the ending. Is that true? During the Tracy true? Ullman... Oh, yeah, that's yeah? Oh, true. Yeah.
1: Oh, I can't believe we haven't talked about this. Yeah, no that idea. That's That was an early idea that, let us just say, But uh, he the was really
2: floor. driving hard at the He was hoop. driving
1: hard for it because of... Well, he wanted that and he wanted, of course, the crusty, um, the crusty Homer, Homer thing. thing. Yeah. And then he also wanted um, there to be... He crafted... This entire like mouse family that lived in the walls, and oh, like yeah? you occasionally see. I love that. Yeah, you, you do occasionally... see them. You do, you do see them. They come out a couple times. Um, there are threads on Reddit that screen cap the moments when they come out, and it's usually like just a part of a gag filler. You know, like yeah. if you know characters running from one room to the next and something startles someone mice will be there too but if you also look really closely there's like that very looney tunesy cartoonish like um opening of a mouse home inside the wall and his intention was that he wanted to you know create this entire spin-off show that was like the world of the mice that live in the world of the simpsons wow yeah
2: maybe that's why he was so mad about the critic it's like, Where's my mouse show? Maybe that's
1: why he cut in line in front of your friend.
2: Oh my god! Every the pieces are coming together. This is like <laughs> True Detective season four right up in here. Oh my god! I'm seeing in the whole right. Simpsons verse.
0: <laughs> uh, are there any moments in this episode that we possibly missed? There are so many good moments. I, I feel like we we did a pretty solid job, to be honest. Yeah. Um,
2: I would give us all an A+. Plus.
0: Hell, oh, yeah. Oh, good. Uh, well, but Mike, did
2: we mention that there was no couch gag?
0: Oh, the couch gag is so funny to me there's because there's nothing. It is So the the chalkboard gag was uh, was Bart's. It would be funny if it was Homer. But it was Bart saying, I will not draw naked ladies in class. And it's funny because I was typing it from memory, and I accidentally put women at first. <laughs> I was like, that can't be right. Yeah, you're so <laughs> progressive, even your couch gag. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the couch gag, you see the family all still on the couch. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny actually. <laughs> I mean, I guess you have to
2: start from somewhere.
0: Yeah. 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 You, you can't mean, build upon nothing. You can't Early build on. upon
2: nothing like but was there gags in 1 through 6?
0: We need to figure this out and we shall. And we will let you know if you don't <laughs> let us know first.
1: <laughs> yeah. We've that set around this time. They were already feeling like they shot themselves in the foot by having the obligation of the intro every time and the yeah. obligation of couch gags and chalkboard gags and all those things. They like, said
2: they would always give those to like the junior writers. Mm. make them write the couch gag or the To, like, board.
1: pass the test. Mm. Does that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, that's why they give, you know, freelance episodes to people sometimes, too.
2: Yeah. Mm. Uh,
1: well, Mike, thank you so much for being on the show. This has
0: been great. Um,
2: when are be- we going to start rolling?
1: Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> I hate to tell you.
2: Be- before
0: we leave, I would like to know of all the Simpsons characters, uh, which one do you identify with the most?
2: Oh, God. I love and my wife was working at... Um, film roman stars for a while and she got me a cell from this episode um what's the name of the guy who dies frank grimes yeah grimes frank <gasps> cool. grimes yeah she got me a, a frank grimes cell uh, wow. that they were selling at stars cool um he lived Above a bowling alley and below another bowling
0: alley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Allie has a really great Frank Grimes song. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, I do have a Frank Grimes song. I love really love him pretty. so much. He's yeah. very good. And then. Grimy as he'd like to be called. <laughs> of course.
2: <laughs>
0: and then. Uh, we all
2: feel a little bit like Frank Grimes.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but we try not to. He's kind of uh, Moriarty like to mm-hmm. Homer's Amadeus. But uh,
2: <laughs>
3: if, uh,
0: if there could be one lesson from this episode of The Simpsons or our conversation surrounding. It. What, do you, what do you think is a good lesson?
2: Like a lesson from this episode,
0: or what we've discussed today? Something that we could all walk away having learned something.
2: Goodness gracious! Um, do not switch aspect radio- ratios <laughs> in the middle of watching an <laughs> episode. Yes. They will make you watch the episode again. That and is a when good I are the commercials again? When I watch those commercials, I tried to take the survey to go make it go faster. And their survey was how. Aware are you of Taco Bell? <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote, I was like, "What the fuck is this question?" And I, and I, and then one of the one of the selections was, "I've never heard of it."
1: No,
0: We're, uh, who the hell has never heard of Taco
2: Bell? Not. And but so I clicked, one... "I've never heard of it," yeah. just to stick it to the man.
0: I feel like the options would have to be like, "I'm human," so. Yeah. You fill in the blanks. Taco Bell emailed me
1: recently. um, I know you're a
2: Taco Bell family.
1: We are a Taco Bell family. (laughs) I made the mistake of telling uh, my immediate family, uh, you know, that my husband, Mike, enjoys Taco Bell. (sighs) And so around Christmas, he got, I want to say, six Taco Bell gift cards. This Um, husband,
2: Mike, of hers is like the greatest guy ever. He's like the um, Superman Clark Kent of animation. And that is his one... Thing that is like his kryptonite. That his oh Taco Bell. The thing that is, that is his too? the one thing that's like oh you're just a man like you and I <laughs> you and everybody else is his love of Taco Bell. <laughs> it's garbage food. He's a grown ass man. He loves. He's garbage in his food. he's in his uh, uh, you know thirties somewhere somewhere in the thirties. He's
3: like thirty nine. He, yes. Yeah. You
2: go to a restaurant like <laughs> well, he I mean... works so hard. I happen to know that he works like twelve hours a day. He does. And this, and he, he, and he goes to Taco, taco Bell. Bell. It doesn't make any sense. Del has it fresh makes,
0: ingredients. It makes Del, me so he does mad for Del Taco for him. as well.
2: You, you guys want to hear my favorite fast food taco story? Yes. And then we can go. When <laughs> I first moved to Los Angeles, I worked in the Toluca Lake area, mm-hmm. and um, I would see there was a Taco Bell, a Del Taco, and a third maybe Paquito Moss.
1: Mm.
3: Oh yes, and,
2: um, yes, yes. Uh, at, at all of these, and very often, I would see. My girl, J-Love, Jennifer Love Hewitt, she loves some down and dirty tacos. Yeah. She was, she <laughs> was always at Taco Bell. She was always at Del Taco. Yes. She was always at El Pollo Loco. Yeah. That's
1: how she gets her neck so nice and long. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Hey, listen, <laughs> nothing can hit the spot like a double-decker taco, and I will fight you in the streets.
2: So if you do want to stalk Jennifer Love Hewitt... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Can I say one more thing about my husband, Mike, and his food? You're going to stick uh, up for him? N- well, I will say it's it's been uh, very cute lately because he has been trying to you know eat better and not just go to Taco Bell But Taco Bell, was,
2: it just came out in the news, it's the healthiest fast is, food place. It is, and I, it's great. And it has I a sent great it app. to him. It
1: has a great app. But I just want to say that he's been uh, making his own meals and experimenting with recipes. And today I woke up and went into the kitchen and found a little book... That he wrote in his little cartoon font, Mike's Recipes. (laughs) And it's the cutest thing I've ever seen. And it makes me want to marry him him again.
2: I can't wait to tease him about that.
1: I didn't look inside. I wanted to respect his
3: privacy.
0: Uh, So, Mike, if people don't want to respect your privacy, where could they find you online?
2: Uh, They can find me at Stuffed Animals with one extra F in there. It's stuffed with an extra F. Ooh. I put up lots of cartoons, and myself, up a lot. and um, and Mike Mayfield. We run Picture This. Yes, here That's so cool. in Los Angeles and New York, um, it's a monthly show that combines live comedy and live animation. It's quite like the cartoon Duck Amuck. Yeah. If you guys remember the yes. the cartoon where Bugs Bunny is screwing with around with Daffy the whole time, mm-hmm. it's like that wonderful cartoon live.
1: Wow. It's a super fun time. It's and you at guys the Virgil. sell out all the time. Yes. So find tickets, buy tickets, get there last, early to get a good seat.
2: On our last show we had Penn Ward joining mm-hmm. us. Wow. Drawing. From Adventure Time. On yeah. our next show we have uh, Craig Bartlett from Hey Arnold. Yeah. That's so cool. Drawing yeah. with us. I'm yeah. gonna
1: go. That's you get awesome. to see
2: cartoonists.
1: But also what I really enjoy about it is, I mean the when Picture This is really, really, really good. It is that back and forth between the comic yeah. and the artist. And then you and Mike had a really funny run this past time yes, where he, you were competing with who could draw he, Tweety mean, Bird.
2: I want to I mean me and Mike have been doing the show together for almost a decade and we have we have a, like a comedy team rhythm you do. a bit and uh, the comedian Paul Danke brought up organically Tweety Bird and I can draw Tweety Bird very well very quickly. Yeah. And Mike and Mike was trying to draw he was drawing Tweety Bird he could draw very well, but he didn't memorize how to draw a Tweety Bird right. like I did. And I was like, come on. Let, I said, I could draw it real well. well <laughs> so let, it me there, let me in there. Let
1: me in there. And he would let me night. in there
2: and purposely. And then I called out to Paul, like, Paul, I can draw a really good Tweety Bird. <laughs> Mike should let me on to yeah. the Cintiq. And I would dazzle everyone. Yeah. And then Mike kept drawing. He wouldn't move, and he kept drawing progressively worse Tweety birds. <laughs> but then
3: also he drew
1: like a, yes. a, an so anatomically correct. Bird, yes, or whatever with that makes it sound like it was the screw.
3: junk.
1: <laughs> no, it was more of like a, a real life version. But I was going to say that with a bit like that, you know, uh, the artists, you guys get to have like this yeah. moment in the spotlight too, and you become you know more than just the and, people behind the antiques And I really enjoy that. And
2: by what I, uh, it went on for a very long time, yeah. and the audience was loving it because we were like bickering yeah openly and
1: and like playfully and then, yeah. and then
2: finally at the end i stood up and i was like uh, so i guess the show is going to end without uh, you know me drawing an amazing Tweety bird <laughs> and then the crowd was all like let him draw a tweety we want to see the tweety and so which i didn't want to do i can't draw the tweety the, at that point the pressure yeah because i mean it where does perfect. it go like yeah so i sat i went over and sat down at this Cintiq and pretend like I was like cracking my knuckles trying to think like what well, I can't actually draw the Tweety that's not funny mm-hmm. and Mike unbeknownst to me he he got up and he went and he closed the screen yeah making it so I like it was in perfect. The perfect cartoon yeah, could, yeah and, it was and
1: perfect yeah it, it was perfect timing he had this shit grin it was so funny it was yeah
2: Really great. So you
1: guys have bits like that, but I also uh, you have a lot of stands from the show. But you also have other performers like Natalie Palomides, who does more character stuff. And you have you've had wild horses on it, so it's a great show, super well rounded. Do you know what an anatomical
2: bird is? Do you know that something like (laughs) only nine percent of birds actually have the males actually have penises? Hmm. They have evolved where they just basically they dock, they bump. Holes and the basically the male just spits spe- sperm into need, the female's vagina. We don't, need to go right,
1: over the time. we don't need to go over time on our podcast talking about this. Isn't that
2: bullshit. interesting? No,
3: no, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Do you
2: guys like
1: animals? Yes, At stuffed,
2: stuffed animals. animals for more bird facts. It
1: is a great follow, it sincerely is a lot of really fun uh, animations that you could watch um, that you do yourself. And you've always done them, even before BoJack. Yeah. Maybe it helped you get They the all
2: they, they all began with phalluses, birds, but they I evolved away. The and Julia, so
1: where can people find you? Oh, thanks you? so much for asking. I'm actually impressed on all the things. Allie,
0: where can people find you? Thank you so much for asking. You can find me at Allie Gertz and all the things. You can find us at
1: Simpsons Pod. Yes. And,
2: and we're, if you're looking for bird penises, oh you can't find God. them because they've evolved away.
1: Everything's coming up. Simpsons is a production of Maximum Fun. Our show is engineered and edited by Jesus Ambrosio. And our senior producer is Laura Swisher. Switch! Switch, Switch. Smell you later. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
0: Audience supported.